Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. Listeners, you're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show. I'm your host for this weekend, anyway, Robert Deal, and I want to bring on my guest co-host. Please help me welcome to the show, Master Daryl Bidel of Bidel Kempo Karate. Hey, hey. Daryl, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, Robert. I'm uh, talking about how great the weather is. Oh, yeah, the weather's beautiful down here. So my wife and I go to a movie last night. Uh, we see that new Jane Fonda flick. And not to spoil it for anybody, great movie, though. I love the movie. This, this couple comes in as part of the family, him and his girlfriend, and he announced that he's engaged to this woman, and one of his brothers comes over and says, get out now while you can. I look at my wife. And I say, Todd, don't you wish somebody said that to you? And she says, they did. I said, what? He says, yeah, your brother came up to me and said, run while you can. And I said, now I've got to call my brother tomorrow and tell him how bad, badly he just sucks. <laughs> well, that's an interesting story. Uh, I have a, 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 sim- a similar parallel story, but it's not as oh. as funny. Uh, but uh, just before April and I got married, uh, her dad uh, took me for a little ride, and we, he said, "Are you sure you want to do this?" <laughs> wasn't wasn't quite as strong, but well, it was just it came out just right last night. And my wife keeps t- week after week after week. My wife keeps telling me, "You've got to start paying me for the material that I give you for your show." Because <laughs> every week she gives me something else. And my daughter does funny stuff. Now, she stopped doing funny stuff when she started realizing I'm using it. I'm like, I, I feel like I'm a comedian because they do stuff, I write it down, or I remember it, and yeah, I use it. And, uh, and, they, and they, you, you probably find them holding back and uh, trying to re- figure out if they should give you some material or not, right? That's right. That Absolutely. Now, my wife still does it, not knowing that she's doing it. My daughter just shuts up around me now. It, it's like I was watching uh, uh, Gabriel Glazes one night. I love that guy as a comedian. He said, him and his girlfriend never fight because she figured out if we have a fight and she says something, it's going to end up right here on stage. <laughs> they figure out real quick. I start using their stuff. They stop talking to me, which not ne- is not necessarily a bad thing. I've got a 16-year-old well, daughter. You've got daughters. You've got sons. You know how it is at that age. Oh, absolutely. I, I have four kids. Uh, they're all in their 20s. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, I've seen it seen it and done it all with these guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, uh, Blog Talk Radio is acting up on me today. So I'm. there's not going to be too many sound effects going on today. 
But let's start the show off. I want to wish the following people a very happy birthday this week. Uh, Mr. Daniel Hecht, the CEO of the Masters Hall of Fame. His birthday is on Tuesday, 923. Tuesday, wow. Happy birthday, Dan. Great. And somebody else actually has a show on our our network, uh, Harry Shivery. His birthday is on the 24th. A good Happy friend birthday, of mine in Korea. His birthday is also on the 24th. A dear friend of mine, uh, Master Craig Carter, his daughter's birthday is on the 24th, uh, Crystal. And my right. old golf instructor, Zachary Allen, is turning another year older on the 26th. Happy birthday to everybody. And like I said, Walter messed up my soundbite, so I can't play happy birthday to you. I apologize. And this is one of the well, days where, where well, Robert can't you just, call in. Since you just belted out there, acapella? <laughs> I can't carry a team if I had a bucket to do it in. I'm sure Rusty could pull oh, it off, though, right? <laughs> no, we, you know, we, Rusty come up with these cool happy birthday songs. Stevie Wonder. She did a uh, uh, rocking one that was just intense. So let's and and she she has these sound bites for every segment of the show. And today it sucks because I don't. So let's move on uh, to Master Daryl and his health tip for the day. Okay. Well, I hope I can do as good a job as Rusty would normally do in this. But uh, there's a note here that says the information in this module is not intended to be a substitute for medical or mental health treatment. Disclaimer. Uh, But in addition to the professional treatment you receive for your mental health disorder, are they making some assumptions here? I I, I think so. I think they have me in mind. (laughs) The healthy living habits you develop and practice are equally important parts of managing your illness. Okay. Your lifestyle, including your eating habits, exercise patterns, sleep, recreational activities, social relationships, and more can have a significant impact on how you feel, function, and how well your mind and body respond to your mental health treatment. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Taking steps to develop a healthier lifestyle can pay enormous dividends by reducing stress and improving your physical health, both of which can improve your mental health as well. Students with mental health disorders are at a higher risk for some unhealthy behaviors. You may find it challenging to make healthy choices and manage your stress effectively while in college. This section of the website, okay, I don't think I need to read that last part, but uh, I think that uh, it is important to manage both your mental and physical health, right? That's the point, right, Robert? That is absolutely the point. I want to point out that Every time Rusty is gone, every time, never fail. In fact, there was one show that was an exception, something goes wrong. Every time. We had Don Wilson on the show. He forgot. First time, Super Bowl Sunday, first time he'd watched the Super Bowl in 20 years, turned his cell phone off. (laughs) I had to contact his brother James. I said, dude, we're on the air. And he's supposed to be, he had to call his house because I didn't have his house number. Uh, Frank Dukes, the show got all jacked up. It's like, oh, no. why does this keep happening to me? Because, you know, Rusty did it for another show. Then she hopped on with our show and was doing it twice a week on different shows. 
she mastered it. Absolutely yes. mastered it. She's wonderful at it, and I suck. So she anyway, is a master, uh, but uh, I, I wouldn't give you the suck value yet. Not not uh, the show just started. Just wait. Yeah, hey, let's <laughs> you, let's get through this. Difference of opinion. <laughs> uh, weird news: a police police a man caused fourteen thousand dollars in damage by doing donuts. You remember when you were young? We all did donuts. Yes. Everyone on the football field. Yes, on the football field, uh, parking lots, the beach, anywhere we could. Uh, especially when we were young, muscle cars were really popular. Of oh, course, yeah. gas was 25 cents a gallon. <laughs> <laughs> and water and was it was free. okay to have a muscle car. Uh, police say a Pennsylvania man caused more than $14,000 in damage to several other vehicles when he took a dare to do a donut with, with his pickup truck in a bar parking lot. <laughs> Great, the guy had been drinking, too. <laughs> oh, this keeps getting better. Police say 35-year-old Brett Whitmire's truck kicked up damaging stone as it spun in a tight circle in the parking lot of the Beer Garden in Washington Township on August 18th. Butler County prosecutors tell the Butler Eagle they are willing to drop a felony criminal mischief charge if Whitmire of, uh, of Butler pays for the damage. Whitmire was arraigned by video Tuesday as he's in a state prison on a parole violation. <laughs> oh, my God. His attorney called the incident a mistake. He says criminal mischief requires prosecutors to prove the damage was intentional, not an accident. If you're on parole, behave yourself. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, I think. I think Brett Whitmer's. Brett Whitmer just wasn't using some logic. Uh, he came out of a bar, probably been drinking, and took a dare to do donuts in a parking lot. I think that's all what we would call poor decision making. Yes, yes, he had very poor judgment on on his part. Uh, in fact, my, uh, I don't know if you've ever met him. My buddy, Greg Woolbridge, he's an ex-Englewood cop, retired. He, he was patrolling the streets, and I guess his gangbanger just gave him a dirty look. So he decided he would get out and talk to this guy. This guy had a $50,000 arrest warrant. And now he got arrested on the arrest warrant just for giving the cop a dirty look. Like, oh my God! <laughs> don't be stupid, people. Jeez. So, entertainment news: Bad Boy CEO Sean Puffy Combs arrested in the connection with the murder of Tupac Shakur on Thursday, September seventeenth, two thousand fourteen. The arrest of Sean Puffy Combs may have been undertaken by authorities for the nineteen ninety six murder of Tupac Shakur uh, on the Las Vegas Nevada Strip. Associates. Uh, Associates in Combs' organization have indicated off the record that, yes, John Combs was, in fact, under arrest. This disclosure comes just days after the 18th anniversary of the, far un- of the so far unsolved murder of the mega-superstar Tupac Shakur. In a press release with the date of September 16, 2014, a spokesman for the Las Vegas District Attorney's Office said that there was... Uh, 
there has come significant evidence to make an arrest and to obtain conviction for the murder of Shakur in 1996. The most probable indicates that an arrest warrant has been issued. The same statement makes mention that former death row bodyguard Frank Alexander has led detectives into several, uh, onto several witnesses that do show a high-profile person is connected to the conspiracy to murder Tupac Shakur. It said that an arrest would be soon to follow. It has been reported widely by many of those supposedly in the know that Orlando Anderson, a member of the of LA-based Southside Crips, is the shooter in the Tupac case. Anderson, let's see, beat, was, he was beaten by Shakur and his death row associates before the murders shooting on the Vegas Strip. God, sometimes these things are written so poorly. <laughs> it, it, it has been said numerous times in the 18 years since Shakur made a murder that John Combe and associates used Anderson in the Southside Crips for security purposes when visiting California. Also, Anderson, the investigation into Shakur's death has been noted. Bottom line is, you know, somebody posted this on Facebook. I, I went to the page. It looks legit. It's not. Oh, it's not. Total, total bogus. Uh, in fact, uh, Sean Combs released a press release regarding this and said, I'm not under arrest. The, the press release was actually sent out, or the um, uh, article was actually written about a week prior to the date that they said he was arrested. And so wow. I brought that to my attention. I Googled it last night, and sure enough, it's, it's why is somebody would come out with this fake thing about Sean Combs being arrested. Uh, and I was surprised. No, nobody nobody uh, got the shooter for, for Tupac. Nobody got the shooter for Biggie Smalls. And Biggie Smalls had, like, off-duty cops as his bodyguard. He was surrounded by 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 people that were his bodyguards, this guy walked up and pulled the trigger and left and nobody caught him. Yeah, like, you know, what was I thinking? I was huh. never big into the whole, um, you know, hip-hop rap scene there, and this was 18 years ago, you know, it was still uh, not not like it is today, um, but uh, these guys, you know, they, they've been involved in a lot of stuff. Wouldn't surprise me. I'm looking at Snopes right now, and it says no, it's false. Uh, but uh, very interesting for to see that come up. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and some of this, it's, and it was funny. My my buddy, when he was a cop in Inglewood, actually he let him go, but he actually rolled up on some guys smoking crack in an alley, and Tupac was there. <laughs> And he let him go, uh, and basically was, dude, what are you doing, man? You've got millions in the bank. You're a famous person. Go, get away. And you're hanging out in the neighbor in the neighborhood still. You know, yeah. Well, LA, LA, yeah, it's tough. Uh, huh? I said it's tough for these guys sometimes. You know, they 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 do what they do, and and then they get a lot of money dumped on them, but. Um, you know they they they've been raised in a way, and that's what they know, and that's where they go. 
and that's where they stay, which is very, very unfortunate. Uh, and they, and but that's I guess that's the way it is. That's that's the the uh, lifestyle they've chosen. And this is called stalling because I'm waiting for for one of our guests to call in. <laughs> it's just I don't have any number. Uh, Carl Van Meter should be calling in any time now. Okay. Uh, so now, yeah, oh, I Robert, do have a shout out. Yes. Oh, I was uh, going looking up a little bit on Carl Van Meter, and uh, I noticed that you and I. Uh, have a mess mutual friends, and he was also at the um, the Hall of Fame uh, meeting this last year, I believe. Oh, Carl! But I, yeah, yeah, and I don't yeah, believe Carl that uh, I've uh, I've met him before. Um, I know a lot of his work. See, I've met him at the museum. I met him at the Hall of Fame. I know nothing about him, uh, or our other guests. And it's funny, and I'll bring this up again. I guess. Uh, uh, Jody Nolan, our other guest, is uh, really, really good friends with the uh, Norrises, Chuck and Gina. Uh, okay. And he's been around a long time, and he's a uh, very good martial artist from what I understand. And he's been in, since, uh, he's been in uh, movies with uh, Don and Cynthia prior. But I do have a shout-out going out. I want to check my board again. No, still not there. Uh, to Mr. Doug Wong that has a seminar coming up in San Diego. Uh, down, well, closer to you than me, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. in, uh, at Barola Martial Arts Center on Saturday, September 27th at 10 a.m. Learn self-defense techniques and healing methods that will change your life. T-shirts and DVDs will be available. If you have any questions, Private message me. So he's asking you, look up Doug Wong to any of our listeners, anybody down in San Diego, Marietta, Temecula, any area down there, go visit him. He's a great guy, great martial artist. He's been around whew, since the 60s as a martial artist. He was doing Kung Fu before Kung Fu was popular, learning from uh, instructors like Archie Wong, uh, uh, I, you know, the guy's got endless amounts of instructors. Uh, and I see him all the time at the uh, Martial Arts History Museum. Uh, I saw him at the Hall of Honors this year. He's just a great guy. And let me check wow. my board again. Carl, where are you? Of course, I told, I told Carl to call in about 11.20. So in case we did run early, and, of course, we ran way early, and it's 11.15, and now I'm starting to sweat. <laughs> I don't think we need to sweat. <laughs> not yet. Uh, not look, yet. Oh, yeah, actually, I I did a quick Google here, and I'm looking at uh, Doug Wong, Grandmaster uh, White Lotus Kung Fu Studio. I I know his face. I know we've probably been around a lot of the same places, but haven't met him uh, personally. Definitely has pictures here with him uh, at the Martial Arts History Museum. Uh, with uh, a lot of uh, you know Michael and uh, a lot of the other people that we both know. Yes, oh, yeah, he's been he's around been, for a long time. He's been around for. I mean, he was in the original Kung Fu TV series. Oh wow! Uh, his his brother Curtis was Unique Publications. He owned Inside Kung Fu Magazine. Oh okay. 
which you know Curtis, Curtis uh, sold a little while ago, and his uh, the buyers of the magazine, which were a big publishing company in Orange County, decided to to uh, dissolve the magazine. So now, uh-huh. if anybody wants watches, though, Curtis is now selling watches. Uh, and he has, watches. he's opened a, ch- a chain of jewelry stores. Yeah, watches. They're, he's called Curtis and Company. Huh. And they're very nice watches. Uh, he opened up and sent me, he sent me some pictures. Uh, uh, he opened his first store in uh, Tokyo, Japan. Interesting. You know, I like watches myself. I'll have to check them out. It's. It, they're very. You know, in fact, if you ever meet Doug, he's he's, he's got one. Uh huh. And he's you know he sent me some pictures. And if you ever see, if you ever watch TMZ, I mean I know oh. you guys went on the uh, TMZ tour a couple weeks ago. Exactly. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh, if you ever see TMZ, and they catch Jackie Chan, you will see Curtis somewhere with him, Doug's brother. They're oh, together okay. all the time. They were caught down down at the Montage Hotel, uh, and if you see, and it was a shadow behind Jackie was this guy with big hair. That's Curtis. Okay. He has, he's, he's got this huge hair, and he owned a restaurant in Hawaii called Jackie's Kitchen. I mean, Jack. He, I was told Jackie didn't put any money into it, but they used his name, his memorabilia. They show Jackie uh, movies on, on TVs down there. And actually, I visited when my family and I went to Hawaii about six years ago. We visited. It was in the largest uh, mall in uh, Oahu. And uh, uh, it was just an unbelievable place to go. Uh, the food, now I can say this now because they're closed. The food was the worst <laughs> I've ever had. Oh, no. Uh, I ordered some uh, like some uh, garlic chicken that had garlic cloves about a, uh, about a quarter of an inch in diameter. So, And that's pretty big for garlic, right? Yeah, well, said, sometimes never, you just smash them, you know. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, and, and, you know, I was uh, there with my family. I've never, ever, ever sent me a meal back at a Chinese restaurant. Ever. I said it back three times. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. And and I couldn't say anything. I mean, Curtis was in town at the time, but I couldn't say anything. Uh, but <laughs> I want, I finally said something to, to Doug at the museum one time. Because you just had to give it to uh, You had to give him one of those. Uh, my tummy wasn't feeling well that day. That's exactly right. Exactly. But my even my kids hated it. My the atmosphere was amazing. They should have got a different chef. Uh, and I think that's what... Yeah, plus, they're in, even though they were in this, the largest mall in Oahu, they were tucked back in this corner where it made it actually really difficult to find. We went there... I think, my family and I went there on purpose, though, to find that restaurant. So we found it. Now, Carl is late. <laughs> and we just keep selling. Uh, you know, and... Uh, Unique Publications had a great program. They were, well, I don't think they meant, well, they probably did, mean to compete with the guys like Panther Productions and and those guys because they started doing their own videos. And when when they started out, they gave residuals. 
10% of all sales went to the artists that did them, and they got a, an article and the, co- and the cover of one of their magazines. Now, they just didn't have inside Kung Fu. They had Paintball Magazine, The Ultimate Fighter Magazine. They had a lot of different magazines. Uh, and it was great. It was located right here at Burbank, and I could go up anytime I wanted to and go into their their magazine, go into their magazine room and just take as many as I wanted to because we were like friends. Uh, and I was That's in cool. actually 26 of their videos uh, with Randy Williams, uh, Greg Woldridge, uh, Mark Stewart, Felix Valencia. Uh, I was wow. like Mr. Video. I was in more videos than anybody else in existence in that place. <laughs> It, it was it was the weirdest thing going. On. I'm not even starring. I'm just getting beat up. And I had <laughs> well, I was doing one, and actually James Liu was was shooting the video, which was actually really cool. I think we have one of our guests on now. Let me bring him on. Okay. Good morning. You are on the Dynamic Dojo with Robert and Daryl. Who's this? This is Carl Van Meter. Thanks for having me. Carl, thank you for being here. Carl, hey, Darryl, Carl. Darryl hey, how are you? How you doing? Good. How Good. you doing? I'm rusty today, so uh, hopefully I can do <laughs> fill in as a, a good job filling in for her. Well, and that and that ab- absolutely has nothing to do with his age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you'll do fine. We'll we'll help you through it. <laughs> Good, great, thank you. <laughs> of course, Carl, you and I. Have have chewed some of the same dirt. We keep running into each other at the Martial Arts Museum, and uh, this year we ran into each other at the Madison Hall of Fame, which I'm deep, deep into. Uh, t- now, tell me a little bit about your history in the martial arts, sir. Me? Yeah. Me? Okay, I thought you were talking to Jody. Um, yeah, I started uh, martial arts when I was like six or seven, um, growing up in, in the Detroit area in Michigan. I started with some Ishinru and Taekwondo, kind of more out of a uh, necessity <laughs> um, for, from fighting all the time. And c- c- continued on with that into high school. And then partway through high school, we moved out to California. And I um, expanded more on my um, Taekwondo training um, out here in California where I'm living now. And then after high school, I joined the Air Force. And I was the security police division of the Air Force. And I spent time in Europe, and over there I started um, incorporating more Jeet Kune Do, little Tang Tu Do. And then when I got out of the Air Force, I came back here to California, and I got involved in some Penjat Silat, some Sabat, um, some Muay Thai, a little Jiu Jitsu tossed in here and there. Um, and I ended up being, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a personal trainer and like a combat instructor. And I got involved in a lot of different martial arts as far as dealing with real-world um, situations and altercations and things, and I always figured the more you know, the the better you are um, to deal with something or somebody, and I always told people, as, as the saying goes, um, you don't box a boxer and you don't wrestle a wrestler, so in case you come across somebody who knows this and knows that, this, at least this way you can um, have a pretty good idea what you're dealing with, at least recognize it. When I was learning a little bit of um, jiu-jitsu, um, they would show me a move, they'd have me in an arm bar or an ankle lock or something, and I'd tell them, I'd go, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm stuck here, I can't move, um, but I need to recognize this coming at me, perchance to get in a fight with the grappler or something like this, or how do I reverse this or get out of this? I go, me knowing I'm trapped here is not going to help me when I'm trapped somewhere else. <laughs> I said, so I kind of incorporated all that um, in kind of an eclectic 
combative style, again, with the military police combat training as well. So, um, and, and enjoy doing that again. Also, I tell people as far as getting the notifications of fights and whatnot, I said it's a very different world and arena than um, if you're in a dojo or sparring with somebody or practicing this way. I said usually on the street, it's a very chaotic, violent, erratic encounter. And I said you have to understand that and be able to adapt and um, approach it correctly as opposed to going, oh, I got in a fight. And I always tell people, I said, well, no, you didn't get in a fight. You got jumped. It's very different than getting in a fight. I said, if you and I got in the ring and we're sparring and fighting, what have you, along those lines, but somebody jumping you, carjacking you home, invading you isn't, quote, a fight. You're being attacked, and it's usually violently and chaotically and erratic. So it's good to kind of be well-rounded and able to handle the situation like that and have the proper mindset um, to deal with the situation. Oh, very yeah, cool. Much well, it, yeah. and I noticed <laughs> when the UFC started, all of a sudden people are, are starting to beat the graces because they're starting to learn how to combat them. Because, as you said, you know, you'd be a well-rounded martial artist. He was yeah. fighting people that weren't so well-rounded, good fighters, but weren't yeah, as yeah, well-rounded. Yeah, yeah. When you know. when Hoist came in there, he was choking everybody. Everybody was like, oh, my God, what's going on here? And he, they're punching at him and kicking. He'd get a, get a hold of him, and it'd be all she wrote. And I said, yeah, so you have to understand what's coming at you. And then they started understanding, well, this guy's going to choke me out. He's going to use my gi against me. He's going to use this against me. He's going to put uh, a joint lock here, what have you. I said, so understanding that more. And then and, well, once you start understanding that, then it kind of helps that way. But, yeah, it's, it's a very um, interesting take on things that way and um, kind of eye-opening when, when, once you encounter it because you're like, oh, well, this isn't working too much or this isn't working that much or – you're struggling around with somebody, and all of a sudden you're you can't breathe, <laughs> or your arms locked up, and going, "Hey, this is going to break here. Wait a minute." So that's that's very interesting. So Carl, Carl this is Daryl, uh, and uh, hey, we've actually we've been around each other because we were both at the Martial Arts Hall of Fame recently. But I haven't had the okay. pleasure of meeting with of meeting with you. But I find uh, your your history and your experiences. You know, both Robert and myself have been training for many, many years, and I think uh, I think we've all experienced a part of what you talk about in, you know, diversifying yeah. and learning different arts and trying to understand. Do you currently still teach one form or uh, have a dojo where you still focus on one style, or is, is really the focus now uh, just the, the mixture of things? Um, yeah, it's just primarily almost like the, the mixture of everything. I said when I, when I train people and I teach people, it, it's usually, um, depending on the individual, the person, um, what their physical capabilities are, limitations are, what have you, um, well, what I kind of gear it towards and what they're able to do with somebody. So if we, we use some savat, if we use some jeet kune do, if we use some penjot or something, this way, depending on an individual um, basis that way, and I train more kind of a one-on-one type thing this way or like security reasons, um, law enforcement things like that. So, um, yeah, it'll kind of cover quite a bit, and with the military police as well. So I tell people, I said, nothing's, um, and it, it's kind of funny. I'm, I'm currently training now with a friend of mine, learning some um, white dragon Shaolin Gong Fu, tossing that in the pot as well. So, but he and I talk <laughs> okay. about it. Wow. And it's, uh, yeah, and it's, um, I'm punching and punching and kicking is kicking, and Bruce Lee said the same thing. A punch is a punch and a kick is a kick. So, I mean, all those different styles call it different things, it's a wheel kick, it's a flip kick, it's a hook kick, it's a turning kick, what have you. I mean, but it, again, our arms and legs function the same way. And Bruce Lee said, until we get a man like 
somebody with four arms and four legs, um, we're going to be punching, kicking along the same lines. I mean, we, our bodies function the way they do. So whatever you want to call I, it and whatever style you want to label it. So I, I so agree with that. In fact, uh, you know, I, uh, my training and my my ranking is in, in Kempo, Chinese Kempo Karate. Yeah. And um, over the years, though, you know, as a Bruce Lee fan like we all are, we all studied a little Wing Chun and, and JKD, uh, you know, secondhand mostly for myself. But you can't mistake the the Chung Choi, you know, the power that comes from that hammer punch. Uh, yeah, true, and true. The, the yeah. way it's executed <laughs> and the way that, that you can trap uh, once you're moved into that position. I think that, that is something that, you know, it's true for boxing, it's true for Muay Thai, it's true for MMA, is the way yeah. that they – they find the power in that hammer punch is just a, applicable everywhere. True. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely does a job. So. Well, and, and gentlemen, that we again. have another caller. Let's bring him on or her. Nine, you're on Dynamic Dojo. Who's this? Oh, this is Jody Nolan. Jody, how okay. are you? I've got Carl Van Meter on the line along with Daryl Vidal. I'm the only one who's never been in a movie, only videos. Uh, <laughs> What's up, Jody? James Wilson told me something very interesting about you. You're the only person in history that got knocked, that, that got beat up by both Don and Cynthia in the same movie. Yeah, that's right, in the same day, in fact. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's honor. a great, yeah. great honor. <laughs> what a week I'm having. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, um, it was a it was a great opportunity for me as a martial artist, and and um, I, I kind of got lucky with this. Um, the, the part I I was I kind of came in for was part of Raymond. It was uh, Louis Mancata from Breaking Bad was the original guy was supposed to be in the role, and he wound up having a scheduling conflict and had to bow out. And uh, so I kind of stepped in his place at the last nice. minute. Oh, very. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, Jody. Tell us a little bit about your martial history. Well, um, kind of got a, a different. I mean, I grew. I grew up basically. I'm in you know in small town of Texas, Beaumont, Texas, and uh, in the '80s, and basically about 1981, '82, I I, uh, I kind of got transferred to a tougher school, and I you know, started, you know, getting bullied, that kind of deal. So I kind of related to this whole martial arts kid thing. Um, so I, um, I've gotten intrigued with martial arts and, you know, started going to the bookstores and was grabbing books, anything, you know, Bruce, Bruce Tegner, you know, Michael Enchanis, Ed Parker, anything I could get. And uh, really started, you know, that kind of sparked my interest in, in studying the martial arts. And uh, we had a really good uh, Taekwondo instructor locally uh, who's still teaching today, uh, uh, Fred Simon. And uh, he was, he's actually one of the only 10th degrees, 10th degrees in the United States uh, nice. currently. Uh, he was one of June Ree's original students. But um, I basically started studying from Fred, and, um, and I was kind of one of these on and off again students, but I was always training whether I was in. In the dojo or out, I kind of trained all the time, and uh, you know, I, my goal really wasn't to get a ranking or belt. It was basically just to protect myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was kind exactly. of it. Most of us. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And 
Yeah, and I basically I got I got beat up a couple of times, and that was kind of the the qualifiers. Hey, I I really need to learn learn a discipline. <laughs> and uh, I yeah. was really one of these introverted kids, and you know, just not much self confidence. And I really had to kind of was you know seeking direction, and uh, that kind of martial arts was the the thing that gave me that, and kind of yeah. Kind of gave me an identity, also. Uh, I, you know, there weren't wasn't a whole lot of kids doing it back then, uh, nope. where I was from. So um, I really just kind of delved into it, and um, I, I trained for several years with Fred Simon, and um, I, I didn't get real ser- more serious until a guy Billy Singletary, who was a professional full contact fighter, and he he kind of took me aside and he started working with me one on one. And I, I really thought, well, hey, maybe I'm, I'm actually okay at this stuff. <laughs> maybe I can do something <laughs> with it. Yeah. So exactly. I was, it was Why kinda, not? But um, <clears throat> I just kind of I, I, I progressed on. I trained with him, and I trained with some different instructors in the area. Um, another school, Kung Fu Karate School, and then, uh, but it wasn't until 19, I guess it was early 90s. Um, I wound up being in California, and I had a really bad accident. And so that kind of was the kind of catalyst, kind of changed my life at that point. And I was enlisted to go in the Marine Corps, and I was a criminal justice major in college. And I uh, I was actually out in California, and I took a bad fall off of a uh, a cliff out there. That's kind of people know it's called Point Doom. Yeah. Some, some yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, well, yeah, well, I fell. Now, I fell now off Jody, that cliff. I must I must interrupt you for a second. You just say you yeah. took a bad fall off a cliff, right? Right. I've never heard Terrible anybody ball. say I took. I, I've never heard anybody say I've taken a good ball off of what. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's just one time. It's not. It's not the fall. It's the sudden stop that gets it's you. Exactly. Get so, you so, um, but yeah, I, I basically broke everything in my body. I was uh, I was in a coma mm-hmm. for about a month and a half. Wow. Bad shape. Yeah. I had a lot of internal injuries. I went from about um, two oh five, which I had. I had, uh, you know, I started lifting weights and everything, and because I was a skinny kid, and and um, I, so I was had li- was lifting weights, and and like I said, I, you know, we were all doing the muscle beach thing out, and it was kind of a cool thing. Kids from Texas out in California, <laughs> and but I, I, like I said, I was in a coma. I went down to uh, like a hundred pounds when I woke right. up in a coma, and I was on life support. I was, you know, had tubes. I had, Coming out of everything, I was Everywhere. body body cast, uh, trachs, all that good stuff, and wow. uh, so. You know, but luckily, I had, you know, and the doctors were like, "Hey, you know, you know, you're not gonna. <laughs> we don't know if you're gonna walk. We don't know what you're gonna be able to do." And so, you know, but in my mind, I'm, you know, I had that warrior mentality, and I'm like. You know, I'm not defeated. I'm not <laughs> just a setback, and so I was gonna, I was gonna overcome this thing. And uh, so basically, I finally uh, got out, and I had to learn how to walk again. I had to learn how to write. I was paralyzed on the right side of my body. Um, it was, it was a big, it was a big thing to happen to you when you're 19. Yeah, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. Terrible. So, yeah, thank God you you came out as well as you did, Jody. Man, sure. amazing. So, thank God. You, I, uh, you know, it's funny, Jody. You being from East Texas, I understand that the, the karate in Texas is a whole other animal than it is anywhere else. It's, it's huge <laughs> in the state of Texas. You know, everything's big yeah. in Texas, 
this this is the truth about karate as well, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, karate is a different animal down here, and it's really the black belts are. Yeah, I mean, it was. It's really tough down here, and it was. Uh, they they don't give you anything down here, so it's. it's uh, I mean, it, I remember it was like really like a boot camp style. You earn it. You earn it. Training. Boy. Yeah, and uh, so I think. You know, people kind of know. You know, you, if you're going to fight in Texas, you're really going to fight for your life. <laughs> so so uh, that means no six-year-old black belts in Texas, right? Yeah, they're not yeah, many. No yeah. There's, <laughs> oh, oh, that's for twelve-year-old. Another kid worms. <laughs> yeah, so, no uh, kidding. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Sorry about yeah, that, Robert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're 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 proud of our black belts here in Texas, and we got a great martial arts community here, but. Um, I've just uh, years later though I became involved in in, uh, in Aikido and then I um, I've been I've been training in Aikido for the last probably 15 16 years and uh, I have a school in the uh, in the gym I own down here I own right now I own a couple of world gyms down here in Beaumont so um, nice. Yeah, so uh, basically, you know, it's kind of like the doctors tell you one thing, but in your mind, you know, yeah, hey, I'm going to beat this thing, I'm going to be back. And I came back and, you know, um, had a pretty full recovery. And then I've gone on to own World Gems and uh, gone into, you know, working in films and doing stunts and all that. Um, I. It was kind of a gradual progression. I actually, I don't know if you remember, there was a show called Rescue 911. Yeah. And it was with, yeah. with William yeah. Shatner. And uh, so I I was, I had a somebody who knew one of the producers on that, and I called out to uh, L.A., and uh, they put me in a deal, and basically I competed with all these shows, uh, all these different stories, and they wound up using my story for the sweeps week of the season. Nice. And so they actually did a whole Rescue 911 episode on my um, on my fall and everything, and um, oh. you can you can YouTube it. <laughs> so and it oh, shows me like very cool. show, yeah, it shows me learning how to walk again. Uh, <laughs> shows me in rehab. Shows me doing martial arts uh, towards the end of the video, and uh, fully recovered. And um, so. It, it was a good testimony, and, and I feel like you know, really, uh, God was really instrument, instrumental in uh, yeah. my recovery, and really blessed me. Easily, yeah. yeah. Martial arts is definitely awesome. life changer, life savers for a lot of people. Very so, true, yeah. Carl. Very true. Of course, you, you know, Jody. When when you're in California, you use the term rehab. It means a completely yep. different thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this exactly. is like celebrity rehab. Yeah, this is, this is not yeah. at a spa with with drugs and alcohol yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. rehab really? Wow. Exactly, yeah. Where there's what uh, every like five drug rehabs per house in Malibu. It's crazy. Right, that's insane. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna turn over to Daryl. Daryl, you got a question for uh, uh, Jody and Carl? Well, uh, yeah, Jody is really interesting. Listen to your story. Crazy. I will. I, I have a vague remembrance i think i may have seen that rescue 911 uh episode but uh after breaking everything in your body and being in a coma how long was did it take you to where you could actually do martial arts and and, and get back to where you would say you were you know 85 90% of activity 
Well, that that was the funny thing is that that uh, you know as soon as I was able to you know get out of the wheelchair, <laughs> you know I was or even in the wheelchair I was I was actually would push myself down every every morning and I would wait for my my dad to come to the hospital and I would sit there and do blocks and do breathing exercises and and you know I would start working on things you know even then and I was trying to get the uh, my, the feeling back on my right side. Yeah. I know we probably ever thought I was crazy. Who's this kid in a wheelchair doing karate moves <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, outside the hospital? But I really just didn't care, you know. Yeah. Um, well, so I'm, look at you now. <laughs> right. Well, and, uh, and if I could could follow on and and don't, I hope this isn't too selfish, but uh, uh, I ring my own bell here. I, uh, if you may not know, I I was in the Karate Kid movie. Uh, and the original one, and I always hear these great stories of people who, you know, saw the movie back, you know, in the 80s, uh, and then and they tell me about how the crane kicked uh, affected them. But yeah. being in Texas, being in Texas, what what kind of effect did that have on you at at, at this time of your life? Um, well, I'd been doing karate for a while when that movie came out, and um, so I remember, you know. Uh, going to the movie and, and seeing it and thinking, you know, I was identified with the movie a lot because I had the same type of experience. And, yeah. you know, and so that that's kind of where, um, uh, you know, I, it, it came, it hit me as a, as a, as a martial artist and as a person. I just, I just thought it was a really, I thought it did a lot and kind of really explained martial arts well as far as it wasn't just choreographed aggression. And that's kind of what it was kind of perceived of to a lot of people, and it really explained the art form and the discipline of it. And it was about self-defense. And um, I just thought it was it, it had a you know a big, big impact on a lot of people and got a lot of people into martial arts. And yeah, I remember martial arts schools started opening up more in yep. down in <laughs> Beaumont, where you know where there was none. The only one was. Fred Simons at the downtown Y. We were on the basketball court with no AC and those big bear geese sweating our tails off, and and that's just you know. And you know what? That, that, is, that, right. that is so funny because I I still teach at the Parks and Rec, and uh, and the and when that one line comes up, well, not at the Y. You know, I always get a huge chuckle <laughs> yeah. out of that. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But but Jody, I do have one more question for you. You're a big dude. I'm looking at your Facebook. Uh, and as big as you are, and everything you've studied, is Aikido your main thing now? Um, I, you know, I teach a lot of different stuff. Uh, our our school is more Tamiki based, um, but yeah, I mean, I still do. I, I like Aikido because it helps me control the bigger guys. And if I have, and I've had to use it quite a few times uh, where I've had altercations because I figured out that. You know, every situation didn't, you know, require me kicking and punching somebody yeah. to death. And I needed to be able to to control somebody, to lock them down and put pain on them. And yeah. make them just say uncle. And yeah. that was, you know, so I've, I've had to do that in more than one situation. It gave me more confidence really going up against multiple guys. And, you know, when, you know, that that's kind of... Um, I really wasn't. I've done a little bit of the ground fighting stuff, um, but in, in Aikido we try and stay on our feet, 
you know, if we go to the ground, we're going to one knee so we can pop back up if we've got to face another attacker. And mm-hmm. that's that's the deal. Um, you know, a lot of the ground jiu-jitsu is awesome. You need to know it. But if it's, you know, it's great if it's you and one guy with a referee exactly. on a mat. Yeah. But if you're <laughs> in a situation exactly. where there's more than one guy, you just can't go to the ground. Well, and I'm going to turn, turn that question on to Carl because uh, you said a couple of really interesting things. And I'm with you. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Kempoist. We, we stand up. We do some locks and grappling. But, um, you know, you said, uh, Jody, that, that the Aikido helps you with the bigger guys, and you're a big dude. And, Carl, how, how, do, how do you deal with that? Because you're, you're, uh, you're tall, but you're not heavy. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm I'm only I'm five ten like one ninety, so I'm not a huge guy. Um, you know, there's <laughs> I speak relatively speaking to the guys in Texas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of a, I'm not exactly. a big guy. I'm small. I'm you know. I'm well, a, everything's you know, big. <laughs> everything's big in Texas. That's right. Especially the guys. So the, the dudes are. Yeah, we got some big old boys here at my gym, and uh, you know, and just. Guys are just taller, it seems like now. I don't know if it's the hormones and the foods or what they're doing. <laughs> it seems like I'm just <laughs> exactly. shorter everywhere I go now. But, yeah, they're feeding um, them like horses, I think. <laughs> but I'm, I'm always, like, looking up to a guy going, hey, I don't want to fight you. I'm not never looking at him in the eye. <laughs> I'm not looking at him directly. I'm looking up at him. And, and so <laughs> with a keto, it's good because this guy is already off balance because uh, he's already got to come down to my level. Yep. And it's easier for me to manipulate him, control him and redirect him, you know. So it it's it works very well if you're a, if you're a shorter person or a person that's yeah. not as strong cuz you know, those finger locks work great on the bigger guys cuz those fingers are just like big handles, so they just, Exactly. <laughs> they work beautiful. You know, so when you got a when you got a big guy on his knees <laughs> looking yeah. at you going, "Okay, I'm done," you know. It's, it's a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. It's funny how that works. As I open up for them, I'm sure they're looking up at you going, what happened? My finger hurts. I'm on my knees. I'm looking up at this guy. What happened? Right. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, well, it's a wake-up well, call. It's it's a wake-up call. It'll make somebody sober up real quick, too, if they've had a couple of true. beers. So. Oh, come on. They don't drink in Texas, do they? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Just, no. <laughs> Just light beer. Not not too much. <laughs> not, not, not too much. We're rare. Once in a while, once in a while, you find somebody drinking there. It's, it's, it's not too often. <laughs> so, Carl, you know we've got to get back yeah. to the movie. What part uh, did did you play in the movie? In the Mars well, It's kid? funny. Um, it's funny. Um, if you saw my picture, my headshot. I mean, I, I look like a mean guy all the time. It's funny. Yeah. I always joke and tell people. I said, um, I said, I'm, I'm probably one of the nicest guys you'll know. And I'm always joking, laughing, and playing around. I said, but if I walked into a room and I'm waiting for somebody, I'm just standing outside, outside the wall. I don't look nice. I don't look inviting at all. And they were going to have me be a, one of the bad guys in there, one of the MMA gym fighter guys in there. But then James, Don's brother, um, he had me um, be one of Don's assistant instructors. So I was like a good guy. And I was on set, and I just kind of showed up on set, and I wore a lot of black, um, as a lot of martial artists do. And I always tell people, I go, hey, it's from Good Guys Wear Black, the Chuck Norris movie. And if I'm, if I'm dating myself, because a lot of kids nowadays, I'll say, Good Guys Wear Black, and they're like, like Men in Black? I'm like, no, Chuck <laughs> Norris movie, Good Guys Wear Black, <laughs> look it up. But I'm, but I'm, on, I'm on set there, I'm in black, 
and then they're looking at me going, ask me, am I one of the bad guys? Or, and I'm like, no, I'm one of the good guys. And they're like, well, you look just like us. I go, yeah, I know. I go, but James is having me be a good guy this time. I said, so I'm one of Don's. I'm assistant instructors in his gym, in the, in the good guy's gym. So That is very cool. Now, uh, I got to ask, you know, my wife will not go to any martial arts events with me because cause mo- most of the time in a martial arts event, I used to use a bunch of bobbleheads. Because their hands yeah. are just so how was it sitting <laughs> stuffing these this gym with all these martial artists from Ewart Chin to, to all these people? How how was that? Did, were there a lot of egos involved or was that not so much? I, I didn't say a lot. I don't know if Jody did. I mean Jody was one of the coolest people there. I mean I found a lot of people um, it seems more, actually more older school martial artists I'm finding, again, kind of, um, I understand exactly what your wife is saying. Um, nowadays, everybody's with the MMA and tap out and uh, ultimate fighting and cage fighting. And I said, what happened to honor, respect, humility, courtesy? And I always ask people, uh, I like to ask these people, these fighters nowadays, and I ask people, I say, um, what's a warrior's greatest wish? And they just look at me, and they have. And sometimes they'll say like, "Oh, to to win every battle or to vanquish every foe." And I tell them, "It's to live a peaceful life." I said, "A warrior's greatest wish is to live a peaceful life and to spread love." I go, "They fight out of a a need, a calling, a necessity." I go, "But it's not that they like to just kick ass and take names." I go, "They're they're honorable. They have humility. They're courteous. They're gracious. They're thankful." I said, "It's not all this. Let's go kick ass and take names all the time." So. But the people we had on set were, like, very cool. I didn't notice a lot of egos with anybody. I mean, yeah. um, I, despite I, ranks and uh, positions and styles, I mean, everyone seemed very cool. It was a fantastic um, um, environment. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. You know, that's really good to hear because uh, you've got these guys yeah. that insist on being called Grandmaster. You know, there's one guy that claims to be a professor, Grandmaster, this and that. It's like... Rusty yeah. said to me one time, Rusty said, you know what, when, you're, when your title is more than 10 syllables, you've got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I agree, uh, yeah. You know, I, well, it, Paul, it, honestly, yeah. I was just curious because you had this whole gym, and they some of them weren't low-level martial arts. <laughs> you had quite a few so high-ranking get... people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some very high-ranking people, yeah. It, it really, it really felt like one big family the whole time. Yeah, tr- true. Good. It, yeah, that's the best way I can describe it. Is uh, that was probably the funnest set I've ever been on, and everybody's taking selfies everywhere and just yeah, it was great. <laughs> just having a great time, and you know, we just everybody got along wonderfully, and it was just um, a lot of new friends were made, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, just a lot of good good connections were made, and I I, I really feel like there was any really any egos involved the whole time. Everybody was just having fun coming together to make a great project and that's what it was about. Oh uh, I didn't see that either. When yeah, is uh, nice, the, the martial arts kid gonna come out? When are we gonna see this? Uh understand it's right? Understand it's coming out in April in theaters. So the conversation I, I got a call last week from James and said, listen, we're doing some editing. We're coming up with the trailers. I want you to drop by and take a look at them. I happen to be working, though. I was so excited he just uh, asked me to stop by where he was doing the editing and see this because I was so impressed about this project. And I think I'm getting closer and closer to being invited to the red carpet. I've asked Michael. <laughs> I've asked 
James. Well, we'll be there. I was just going to kick in with that. Uh, since we have both Carl and Jody on, can we yeah. can we get special invitations to be at the sure. red carpet? You can <laughs> cool. You, you can come as my date. You you, you can be my plus one. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute. That means that means you got to have my wife come along too. Robert knows my oh, wife. Oh no, so. he's got the he doesn't have a leg to support the dress though. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Well, we'll just, just just wear something pretty, and you'll be fine. <laughs> so now, Carl, what was, and, the, what was the uh, audition process like for you, or did they approach you? Um, I approached Ewart and James. I was talking to them a couple of times. They said they had it coming up, and I was talking with them about being involved in it. And they said I'm about being a bad guy, and I said, Yeah, I can do that. And then um, as they came closer to it, James said, we're going to have you be a good guy. So um, kind of more um, previously involved in them uh, made a difference that way. So that we were going to different events and shows together and things and discussing other projects and available. So I was able to kind of get involved that way and help out. Oh, very good. Now, Jody, you had mentioned you actually went in for different parts and then got another one. How was the process like well, for you? It was another time where they approached you, were you hanging out with them? What, what was it well, like for you? Well, I mean, I've known Don for probably 15 years or so. I was, I want to say, I, I met Don when I was actually doing a movie with Eric Roberts and Marty Cove in, uh, around 2000, 2001, uh, called Con Games. It was a prison movie. And um, I, met, I met Don out in a gym out in um, Woodland Hills, and we just we hit it off. And uh, we wound up going out to to dinner one night, and and just we've just been good friends ever since, and and we've just been talking about doing a film together for for a long time. And um, I guess uh, last February I was doing a, a a boxing movie called One More Round with Kevin Sorbo, Ooh. and um, Hercules. <laughs> yeah, Hercules. Uh, and he was just in. Yeah, God's Not Dead. Uh, they just yeah. were really big. And and so uh, we had a part for a uh, a, um, a ring commentator, and so, so I called Don up. I said, "Hey, would you want to come in and do a little cameo?" And uh, so that's kind of how. Uh, so I basically we put him in uh, one more round, which is in post production right now. And and um, so when this came up, it was kind of like a. Return of the favor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I expressed interest in in the martial arts kid, and I'm like, man, I've just got to, I got to be a part of this. I got to do something in it. I don't care if it's, you know, come in for a day. And, um, but, you know, James sent me the script, and then I did a phone interview uh, with a couple of the producers, and they, uh, and that's when that uh, opened up about um, that part of the bad guy, the bad guy part. Um, and they think they said you think you'd be good for that part, and so that's kind of how that how that wound up. And I actually kind of I, I was playing good guys, and then the last movie I did, Noble Things, um, um, back in 2008, I, I played a bad guy, and so I was like, Hey, this is fun, you know. So I'm not getting yeah. I thought, well, bad guys are funner to play, actually. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> You know, and they were like, when when people saw it, were like, wow, I didn't know Jody could talk like that. 
There's a yeah, mouth on uh, that man. <laughs> yeah, so because I'm I'm the same way. I'm like Carl. You know, people meet us and they're like, "Hey, we're really nice guys," and they're thinking, "You're playing a bad guy." I just don't don't see it. Yeah, <laughs> until, until they see it. On the screen. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, and I'm kind of, the opposite. Feels good. They need to think I'm a nice guy when I'm really a jerk. You see how this works? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Now, I understand. Now, now it was funny you mentioned Marty Cope. Well, we yeah. were interviewing uh, uh, Matthew Zick. Yeah. Great guy. Very cool kid. I love Matthew. Yeah, very cool kid. He's great. And his, his family, I met Lorraine and Larry and uh, yeah. those guys. And uh, Marty called the show. And then James yeah. is on. And, and I think Don called him as well. And he, like, hinted around to, to he was waiting for a phone call to be in the martial arts kid. <laughs> I don't think that call ever came up to him, though. <laughs> well, it was, it was, it was funny. When he, when he called in, he said, this is Marty Cove, because I had him in the green, in the screening room. And he says, you know, yeah. I played the, uh, the bad guy in the, the Karate Kid movies. And I'm like, wow, really? This, this is a big name you called our show. And, of course, my, co- my uh, uh, guest uh, call is Daryl. Uh, knew him back in the eighties, right, Joe? Actually, we uh, I just saw him again for the first time in thirty years at wow. a, a Karate Kid screening in in uh, in uh, L A. So it's like, hey, there's Marty. <laughs> How's it going? So I got pictures with him. <laughs> yeah, great guy. Oh uh, yeah, very cool. Now, uh, Carl, wh- yeah. what what do you think about the storyline? To this, because nobody really knows, and without giving too much of it away, uh, I, I, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Um, I, I think it's very timely and prevalent. I mean, the, the Quiet Kid was um, also along the same line. Today, they're, they're getting um, a little more relevant with today's um, culture and kids and whatnot, again, with the anti bullying and the MMA pushing it that way as well, which is, I find kind of funny. I mean, if when we were all growing up, if we took some Taekwondo, and then we trained some Kenpo, there's mixed martial arts. You're mixing martial arts. I go, but now everything is MMA this way. And so they kind of look at it almost as um, the the go-to thing to do and whatnot. But the anti-bullying is a huge thing because it seems like to be such a problem and almost epidemic in today's society. So it's good to um, kind of address it with today's youth and, and relevant in today's society and get the, the the message out, almost like, again, like with the Karate Kid as well, where people, they can kind of relate and understand and understand the martial arts and fighting and whatnot, where, again, it's just not about beating people up. And now we tell people, I said, most people that are trained or highly trained, um, they're the very last person to fight. I said, but if yeah. they do get in a fight, I said, you can have a bad day. I go, but again, I'm I'm, I'm sure Joe is the same way as you guys are, um, Barbara and Daryl, um, myself. I said, I'm the last, 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 last person to fight. I try to avoid it at all costs. But if it comes to it, you're going to have a bad day, and you brought this on yourself. But most of the thing, you, you tend to martial arts and discipline, what have you, and, and you're fighting every chance you get, and, and you don't. I mean, it's again, it's the last resort to protect you, your loved ones, what have you. And I tell everybody I train um, with the combative arts that I train, I tell people, I pray to God that you never, ever, ever need what I'm showing you. I said, because if you do, you're in a very bad situation. And it's probably a violent, chaotic situation or life-threatening, and I pray you never have to experience that. But if you do, you're much better prepared for it and able to handle it. So I think this movie is going to do really well, getting people to understand that 
Um, you're just not out training to fight people and beat people up, but it's to be kind and good and share your gift and protect others and protect those you love and care about, which is what it's um, primarily for. It's a, a defense-type thing. Not, um, yeah, I'm going to go and kick anybody's ass now that I can fight. <laughs> and you can't. Agreed. So. Very cool. Well, gentlemen, we have another caller. Cool. Let's bring this one on. Area code 909 for three digits, 240. You're on the air live on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio show. Who am I speaking with? Well, good afternoon, gentlemen. This is April Vidal. This is Daryl's wife. You know, I almost, I almost <laughs> checked my phone to see if that was your phone number or not. <laughs> well, caller ID, I, you have to use it. <laughs> that's right. Well, first of Hi, all, Eddie. I wanted to congratulate both uh, Carl and Jody. Um, oh, on their, their endeavor with the movie. I think that's fabulous, and I'm very excited to uh, to see it. A um, couple things I wanted to mention. Number one, Daryl, um, I have lots of beautiful evening dresses that you could wear. Oh, uh, perfect. If you want to escort But then I think uh, Bob might be jealous if you got in before him. So, Bob, I wanted to also offer you my evening wear as well, and perhaps you could go with Jody. You know, whatever, yeah, you whatever know. works. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going with, I'm going with Cynthia. I'm already taking. <laughs> um, <laughs> problem solved. Uh, <laughs> they're awesome. Um, something, uh, two things come to mind uh, listening to the show, which, by the way, it's it's great. Um, I wanted to first um, find out, uh, Daryl, when we were in a very bad situation years ago. Um, uh, mostly my fault for opening my mouth. Um, I was very fearful of a situation. We both lived in a, a pretty rough um, apartment complex. And would you say we were in a fight or we were jumped? Oh, what? well, it's, it really goes back to what Carl was saying. We were jumped. Uh, okay. I, I mean, we were in a situation. It, it did escalate. It's not like uh, someone jumped us from behind, but April – uh, was up there helping an older an older woman stand up to many young young uh, young boys, if you will, in yeah. the urban uh, area. And uh, <laughs> she was surrounded. They were surrounded. Of course, calling nine one one at the time was. I mean, it, it was it was an option, but I ran out there obviously. Uh, yeah. Because it was escalating, and it turned into just like Carl talks about chaos, utter chaos. I mean. Yeah. Uh, Violence. I was. I was. I was taking the first shot whenever I could, but uh, people were uh, throwing bicycles. I had got yeah, everything all over. A, yeah, a big wheel went flying by, and a car wow. drove up uh, before I the cops came. And and so well, I, you know, it, it really ties in great to what we've been talking about, you know, with studying martial arts, and because it, when you get right down to it, you're always going to spar with rules. You're always going to train with rules. Yeah, and 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 with tradition. It's, I try to keep the tradition in the, what I teach, but when you get yeah. right down to it, there is no telling what could happen. You know, no, you could go chaotic. up there, yeah, and bombs could go off. You know, who knows? So, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. well, you were also hit in the back with a hammer. Uh, there was a hammer ah. that was, you know, dug into his, his back. Then I Ouch. jumped on top of him to try to protect him, and I am not a marsh. Well. I've been a purple belt for many years only because every time I'd go to class, I'd come back pregnant from the instructor. So, you know, I never, (laughs) I never, I never went any farther, (laughs) but, um, you know, I just, I panicked and I, I did what I'd known. I'd watched a lot of 
classes and, and seen things, but we got out of it okay. Um, yeah, but when I was God. listening, yeah, when I was listening to um, you talk to and, and determine the difference between jumped and in a fight, I would say I felt jumped, but I actually yeah. think Daryl had a little bit of both because he was yeah. fighting and being jumped at the same time. And, you know, then he had to, I was so afraid I was covering him and he had to knock me off, like get off. <laughs> you know, so yeah. um, but, <laughs> but, you. Uh, that was quite an experience. And, you know, I haven't, Daryl, I haven't thought about that in so well, long. There, and it just, there was, there was this one fight aspect where the right as I knew it was going to escalate, there was a, a, a yeah. guy, a young kid standing right in front of me. So I took his first shot. Uh, I hit, yeah. I knocked him down. He went down, and then I kicked another guy. But then a big wheel flew by, and I knew all wow. the rules were off. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. There's no rules. Right. Well, that's what I tell people. Right. I mean, you 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 were fighting, um, right. per se. You were fighting back. They were jumping you, which is very different. I when I was teaching a kickboxing class, and kickboxing is a sport like boxing and activity. It's a sport. And I had this one guy ask me. We were doing something, and he said, um, um, "What if a guy has a like a gun or a knife?" And I said, a gun or a knife? I said, how's he holding it with the boxing gloves on and what's he doing with it in the ring? And I said, and I said, um, yeah, I said, so um, all joking aside, I go, I said, um, let's understand where we're at. I go, kickboxing is a sport. That's, that's, that's like you playing golf and you're, you're going to make this putt. And I go, well, what, what if that guy has a gun and he shoots you before you make the putt? I'm like, I'm playing golf. Why, why does he have a gun up here? And so I told the guy the same thing. I said, and um, Art Kamacha and I are putting out an article. We, we did an article. We're putting out a book called Self-Offense. Um, and I tell people, I said, um, I did an article. We were calling it um, Self-Defense Doesn't Work. And it was kind of more of a little catchphrase to get people like, what? It does work so I teach it. And what are you talking about? And, and I said, no. I said, if, if Daryl, if I'm attacking you and you're, quote, defending yourself and you're bobbing and slipping and ducking and weaving and blocking, I'm going to keep coming at you until what? Until you hit me. Which is right. an offensive move. So, so I tell people, I said, so it's offensive. I said, a boxer the same way. You can rope a dough, bob and weave and slip and duck, but until you punch the other guy, which is an offensive move, he's going to keep coming at you. And I said, right. so that's what people, they fail to understand. And they'll go take a karate class. I was teaching Taibo for a while. And people are like, oh, if I get jumped, I can defend myself. I'm like, who the hell is jumping you that you can defend yourself with a Taibo class, an aerobic class? I'm like, wow, really? I said, that's who I need to jump me so I can get on this aerobic step and kick him. I said, please understand the arena you're in, and it's dangerous thinking that people, they, they don't understand where they're at and they misread it. Like you say, I'm, I, I got in a fight. No, you were jumped violently, chaotically, viciously. A fight is like, okay, here you guys square off, you pair up, and then fight, and you punch right. it. And I tell people the same way. Sparring and practicing is good to learn how to punch and hit and strike properly. I go, but we're in class sparring and fighting with people who know how to punch and know how to kick. Right. That guy from the big wheel didn't know how to punch and kick. He threw a big wheel at you. He's throwing hammers <laughs> at you. He's swinging right. erratic, violently, chaotically at you. He's not throwing a good punch across a jab, a hook, a side right. kick, a crescent kick. He's flailing wildly at you. And I said, understand that. And people, again, it's dangerous thinking. That's what we're trying to get the mindset wrapped around is understand where you're at. I said, yeah, train, practice, punch and kick correctly, properly, what have you. I go, but people come at you violently. I get people to me all the time. They'll say, um, what if I grabbed you like this? And they, like, grab my shirt. And I go, is it, is it that gentle? 
I said, well, does somebody, like, slam their hands on you? You fly back, your head hits the wall, you're rattled, and they start wailing on you. I go, is it more like that? And they're like, oh, oh, yeah. I said, or like when someone grabs you from behind and they're going, what, what if I was holding you like this? And I go, is it that gentle? Or does somebody snatch you up around your throat and you go, ah, and you can't breathe and they're dragging you backward? I go, is it more like that? And they're like, oh, yeah, but I say, understand what you're getting yourself into here and the reality of it. I go, someone's not going, well, what if I had your shirt in my hand like this? And they just grab it. And I go, it's not that dainty and gentle. I go, it's a very right. violent, surprising, out-of-the-blue encounter. Like I said, you're swinging right. somebody, all of a sudden a, a chair hits you from the back from across the bar. I mean, so, again, it, it's a sad reality. I go, but if you get the proper mindset to approach it, it puts you in much better standing that way, too, well, like you said, as far as and, dealing and, with somebody. And, and I think the really the the finishing thought in the whole thing is something that Carl, you talked about early on is, is you're not putting yourself in these positions, you know, no, 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 you're not. we we don't go hang out in bars and stay till three in the morning where people are always drunk. You know, we, uh, yeah, we're just, we're, we're just not there. I'm not, that's not no. what I do. So. Well, well, you I can don't. diffuse it that way. I tell people, I worked at the bouncer for a while and, and guys are in there and they're like, and guys are arguing with one another. And one guy saying, this guy's giving me, hard looks. I said, I get hard looks all night long. I said, you know what I do? I smile at him and say, what's happening? Man, it's packed in here now. I can hardly move. And it kind of right. diffuses and it shuts it down. I said, I don't got to go, what are you looking at? And go back and forth like yeah. juveniles. And I said, uh, again, I said, if, if somebody, I tell people, I said, um, from being military police, I go from a legal standpoint, I said, if, if I'm in a club or a bar and I sit on a stool and some guy walks up and goes, hey, man, that's my stool. Get off there. What are you doing? And I say, oh, dude, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know. I didn't, know. I didn't see a sign in there. Here, go ahead. Have a seat. Hey, what are you drinking, man? Let me get you one. Now, all of a sudden, he's your best friend telling you his life story all night long. And, and, yeah. Instead of going, well, I can sit here, too, and forget you and go to hell and we get in a fight. I hit him. He falls back. He's drunk. He hits his head on the ground and dies. I said, now I get to try to explain to 12 jurors why I had to show him what's up. And then the judge is going to go, and okay. You're the trained mar- and you're the trained martial artist. Yeah, exactly. Artist. Yeah, so, so, yeah, I'm a deadly weapon here. So I tell the, so the judge, is like, okay, he's dead now. I'm like, yeah, but he was talking shit. Like, okay, yeah, but he's dead now. Yeah, but he stepped on my shoe and pushed me. Okay, but he's dead now. <laughs> and now you're charged with murder or manslaughter or what have you. And I go, it's not worth it. I go, people don't want to fight anyway. They want to seem like they want to fight. And if some guy's like, that's my stool. Get off it, punk, or kick your ass. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I have your stool, man. My fault. And back up. He's got nowhere to go with it. In psychology, they call it fogging. If you throw a rock into fog, it disappears. It doesn't come back. And the same thing like with these people. One. And they, yeah, when, when they want to get all tough and on your face, you know, get them away, punk, or kick your ass. I go, please don't kick my ass. And I back up. Where does he got to go with it? Yeah, that's right. You better move. And he sits down and has a beer. I mean, yeah, it's just not worth it. I tell people, I said, you can diffuse a lot of things if you get your ego out of the way and remember the martial arts creed of humility, honor, respect, courtesy, and, and grace, and graceness. So, yeah, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I totally agree with that. Now, Jody, we haven't heard from you in a while. Uh, what did you think about my, about the director and his vision and his abilities and and uh, I've heard nothing but good things about Michael. Uh, what, what did you think of his personal experience? Um, yeah, I'd never worked with him before. He was he, um, he really had a good grasp of what he wanted, that's for sure. And and 
he seemed to, you know, he, until he got what he wanted, he wasn't happy. And that's what I liked him. He was he, great. Yeah, yeah. He, he, but he, he was basically he, he was good at communicating with you and and giving you direction and and uh, telling you what he wanted exactly. So, um, you know, I've worked with a lot of directors who just kind of let you go, <laughs> and <laughs> you know, and you know, don't give you much feedback. And and he was he was uh, he was good from that in a directing span, standpoint. I thought he was good at directing actors. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, well I guess with your experience on set, uh, you know, Michael, of course, as you know, also wrote it. Do you think that added to his his ability to direct you in a way because he had his vision, he wrote his vision on paper, and now he wanted to put it into action? Do you think that helped? Sure. You know, he had a definitely, you know, had in mind what he wrote wrote it i'm sure what what he wanted he can you know that's what part of the process is seeing visually what you want um you know as you're putting it down on paper so i'm sure he had that had a big component to what you know his you know his getting what exactly what he wanted to communicate it on film so, yeah right right i'd, I'd, I'd love cool. to work with him again that's for sure he's he's great well we do have another caller let's bring this one on Area code eight one eight for three numbers two eight four. You're on live with on the Dynamic Dojo. Who am I speaking well, with? This is James Wilson. James, you know, I was hey, going to ask him about you, James. I I, I heard the uh, uh, producer was just a pain in the butt to work with. Is that true? <laughs> terrible, terrible. <laughs> yeah, terrific. Uh, you know what? I think I was easy to work with because things went so well. But had they not, I probably would have been <laughs> a little difficult. But yeah. things went well. Less, less both, easy. And both those guys you got uh, on your show right now were, were very professional and really helped things go well. And I, I don't know if Jody mentioned it to you or not, but he has the distinction of getting his getting dropped by Don Wilson and Cynthia Rothrock all in the same movie. <laughs> Yeah, and, and uh, Don and Cynthia both tell me he's the first and only person that that's happened to so far. I've, I've never enjoyed getting my butt kicked on screen more than in that film, I can say that. And <laughs> it, it was a pleasure. Well, well, but this is Daryl. My question is, is, did both knockouts get on the film? Did they clear the edit? Yes, they both made it. Nice. Right. <laughs> and of course, you know Carl's one of the white hats this time around, and um, and and, and you, as you've seen from our teaser, there's a very cool scene of just that that door rising up, and you can see Carl is the guy who's bringing it up, you know, and that group comes in, you know, the good guys, and of course Jody's the bad guy. He's over there on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we've well, got a, a little role reversal here. Right. <laughs> Well, now, James, what, because Carl was scheduled to be a bad guy, did you just have an opening, or did you just say, I think Carl would be better over here as, as Don's assistant? How did that work out? Actually, here's what happened. Is I, I, you know, as I talked to Carl a little more, you know, about the film over time, um, I just thought, you know what? He's always, every time I see him, he's a bad guy. Every time I <laughs> look at a post on Facebook, 
he's a bad guy, and you know, and, the, and his goatee and everything. And I thought, you know what? It's kind of boring because it's the same guy always, again and again. And I thought it would be a lot more interesting if Carl played a good guy. And you'll you'll actually get to see Carl teach a class in this, you know, like like a good instructor would. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, so there's none of that. Uh... Uh, no mercy, uh, strike hard, strike exactly. fast. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, um, you know, and 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 I, I, I believe I was right. It wasn't more interesting seeing Carl in that role, you know, uh, uh, much more. And, he, and you know, he it, he made it fit, you know. Yeah. Um, as any good actor, he can do either. And Jody, of course, is used to playing the good guy. No. So. Of course. Yeah. Now, it's sort of like uh, James Lewin. I, I talked to James years ago when he first got his hair cut. And he said the reason he cut his hair is because he was like Carl, in a sense. He was being typecast as a bad Asian <laughs> because he right. had the hair below his shoulders. He cut it, all of a sudden he's getting parts as, as police officers instead of the bad guys who are trying to kill cops. How funny. Well, I, I tell you, you should ask those two guys what it was like working with James. He is great. James is amazing, fantastic. What a joy that was! A incredible experience, okay, man. Well, We're like, whoa. When James, when James leaves the line, you can tell me the truth. That's okay. No, James, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm kidding. James is no, a we, great we, guy. We get along really well, and I can. To me, James is a driven individual. Do you yeah. tend to agree? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, he, again, knows exactly what he wants. What he wants. What he wants to get, and. Goes about it like with Michael, same thing. A very clear, distinct vision of what they want, and uh, exceptional about getting it um, across and getting it done. Right, right. Now, James, I got a question for you. Since I've got these two individuals, did, did you have actors in mind for the parts, or did you hold formal auditions for for kids and uh, school age? How, how did that process work? We did have auditions, um, and that's how we got Jansen Panettiere. He came in, and uh, he just blew everybody away. And we had lots of people come in for that part. He, he was so good that when I sent Don his little uh, a little video of his audition, Don said, sign that guy up tomorrow. He goes, and when he starts doing his thing, just make sure the set is quiet. Because even if you got to clear everybody out, he goes, because he's going to steal the scene. That's how good great. Yeah, and um, and then of course we actually um, had two girls we wanted to hire, and we chose one, and and she actually is, has a TV show, but I'm not going to mention her because on um, and Mike and I said, well, we'll just finish out the last day of auditions for that role, and Catherine Newton showed up. And, you know, we had no idea who she was, but the the all the girls and stuff in the office got all excited immediately. <laughs> you know, and then she came in and she just blew everybody else away when she ran for the part too. So she was, you know, they were both uh, so good it was no brainers. And of course, Catherine has, you know, comes along with, you know, having two quite a body of work, movies and TV shows and yeah. So you know that's helpful also. And um and and but with most of the people, you know, we Mike. And I will discuss it with Cheryl Wheeler Duncan, you know, the other producer. And then we would actually a lot of times talk to Don and Cynthia as well because they're co-producers on the film. And 
and that's pretty much how Carl was chosen. Um, and Inga, uh, Inga was chosen long ago. You know, I, I thought she was interesting in every way. You know, she was yeah, still, Inga's great. She looks strong. She's tough. She's easy to work with. And, um, you know, and she's new and fresh, you know? And, yeah. And when, when I when I was thinking, who should Cynthia fight? Now, Cynthia is, is, is like the same with Carl. She's always beating up big, strong guys. Again, <laughs> she, does it, she does it in our movie, too, including Jody there. But yeah. <laughs> I wanted, we wanted to do something different, something a little more interesting. You know, so we wanted to make sure there was a really bad woman, and that's Inga. <laughs> So yeah. uh, and, and 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 the rest of them, you know, we kind of chose them like that, and then actually Jody kind of a, us about the availability, and you know, and Don knew who he was immediately. Said, "Listen, if you can get him, get him," you know. And I said, "Okay," you know, because I, I didn't know Jody at the time, and I, so you know, we assigned Jody right up. He came in, and um, you know, we. We actually, because we didn't have them in mind at first, we didn't actually have a role for them. So we created, we, we put them in a different role, which we changed the name because it was a Latin character. And and then we gave him a little extra because he did so well. So we did this, the second scene with him also. So, you know, we, we had luck like that. And we also had you know, people in mind. Now, T.J. Storm, we had in mind long ago as well. He is great. Yeah, yeah, he was he was the perfect guy for that. So part. so perfect for that. Yeah, fantastic in it too. And then we always had in mind a sequel, and um, you know, and then when we had our little discussions, well, you know, who would make the sequel interesting? Who could show up and look like, you know, a guy who you would buy into as being a big threat for the sequel? And Chuck Zito, how can you go wrong with that? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. So, so, so you know that's that's kind of the way it went, and uh, um, we had people like Adrian Camille in mind, and 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 quite a few others. We had them in mind for quite a while. Um, Carl, you know, we liked we liked Carl because we run into him at every martial art event. I know. <laughs> right. So, so then we go, looked, hey. but then we looked at his reel, you know, and the things he's done. And then we talked to him, and like I said, you know, we decided it would be interesting. So with um, Carl, we, we, we chose fairly early on. With Jody, we got extremely lucky. And, um, you know, I'm proud to have both you guys on the film. Thank you, James. Thanks for oh, having us. Oh, very Loved cool. It, man. That's great. Uh, now, yeah. did you do any shooting at any studios, James, or was it strictly located between here and Florida? No, we, we, it was uh, Florida and Los Angeles, half in Florida and half out here. Because I know you have an office at uh, Sunset Gallery. Do you still have that office for the film? We we still have that office right now. Oh, very good. Now, how does that work? Because I know it, you weren't, like, low, low budget. You had a pretty decent decent budget uh, right. to an extent. We, uh, no, we're not low, low, or ultra-low, or anything like that. But we are we are a, a low-budget film. However, our, because we got everybody to... Everybody loved the project. So they worked, you know, worked, on, worked at rates that were helpful. 
and we got a lot of favors. We went to Florida, and the owner of the pier allowed us to, to film on the pier free. Um, nice. We shot in a big auditorium at the O'Galley Country Club, and they gave it to us for free. Um, nice. You know, the hotel we stayed at there cut the rates to one-third of normal. Wow. And we just, cool. And we, and, we, and we had the same kind of thing here. You know, we had many, many favors. So the look of the film, I can tell you, is much bigger than the actual budget, much bigger. Which yeah. is James, who saw it recently, that was the first words out of his mouth was, this film looks big. You know, <laughs> it looks big. Yeah. Wow, that, that must be something to have a, a project that people believe in so much, like the martial arts kid. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, it, it, it's a very pop. It's a very positive film. It's a, it's, yeah. um, it has a message, of course, you know, as anti-bullying message. It has a message about how, how good martial arts can be for you if done and taught right. And it has yeah. a strong family message as well. You know, there, there's, wow. nothing, um, there's nothing negative or not to like about it, I don't believe. And, uh, and we, have a few, we have a few surprises in there, a few tricks up our sleeve, too, so... Um, specifically for uh, people like ourselves, martial artists, that we know they're going to love, that's done for nice. them more than for any other group. So Nice. That's always nice. nice. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's great, James. Well, I don't know if you were... A little bit more insight than Jody or, or Carl, because even though they gave us a little bit, uh, what do you have planned, without giving too much weight, for the film's opening uh, in time, location, that sort of thing? Well, you know, the the first thing up for us is we're going to uh, premiere a, a big trailer in, in uh, at an a, at the biggest AMC theater in Times Square uh, in November the eighth, and that's in conjunction wow. with the that's in conjunction with the Urban Action Expo and Showcase, which is uh, sponsored by Cinemax slash HBO. Nice. So right. we're going to premiere the trailer there. And then um, we have plans for a theatrical. We've actually had two offers to go theatrical, so so we are sure we're going to. The second one Sweet. was, was uh, a lot easier to work with than the first, but we haven't signed yet because we're we're holding off. The film is not com- completed, so when it's completed, because we're getting offers with, you know, without even having to show a completed film, we expect better offers. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, well, absolutely. But we are going to we are going to take a, a letter of intent from the second one, you know. So so oh, we'll, okay. we will. <clears throat> and um, anyway, so everything right now is very positive. Everything looks good. I can tell you, the film is, is looking great. Um, you know, uh, and, and, uh, and you know we're, we we had early buzz thanks to you guys. You know, as well as many others, and it and it continues. You know. So now, what, where do, where do you or what locale do you think are you going to have dual loca- locations for the red carpet premiere, or is well, it going to be an LA thing or a Florida thing or where? Yeah. The premiere will happen in Los Angeles. Oh, good. Be- I, I keep telling these guys I'm working on an invite. <laughs> you and you and Doc. He, 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 he's going to be my date. <laughs> 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 I'm 
I'm pretty sure you can get one. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do the premiere out here like two or three days before, you know, it, it's released uh, around the country. So that's the plan at oh. the moment. The, you know, I, I've always been impressed. Well, I've been, been on board to help you guys. I've always been impressed by the project. You know, it's funny. I met, even though I'd interviewed you before, I met Matthew Ziff at Dragon Fest this year. I'm like, Matthew, huh? what's with the haircut? He says, got to play a bad guy. Because yeah. you meet this kid, and you go, you're not going to play a bad guy. Really? You're too nice. Your family is too nice. You know, I met well, Larry and Lorraine. Something else. That was another thing. They did not want him to play a bad guy. He originally did not. He actually wanted the lead role, and, he, and if not, then he didn't. You know, but the role we offered him, because we could kind of see it, and we knew that he could he could actually act, you know. And, he's, and, uh, and knowing him... Uh, both Mike and I felt he'd actually been limiting himself, right? And we, so we offered him that role as the bad guy. And of course, then we got into all kinds of arguments about his look. <laughs> but he but the went haircut, along. he did great with it. He was fantastic. I'm yeah, saying. amazing with it. With the haircut, I mean, totally bought you buy it. There's no question. It's like, really, I don't know. I mean, he comes across screen with the mohawk and his acting, and you're like, yep, bad guy, totally, fantastic, fantastic. job. Everybody we have shown this to hates his guts right away. Yep. <laughs> Beautiful. Doing a great everybody. job. Everybody. <laughs> everybody. And you played uh, you play the bad guy that well? I'll say he that again. Great. No, he was fantastic. You played the bad guy that well? That he is incredibly good. I wow. think I don't think ever, I don't think he's ever acted as well as in this role. He's he's, he's incredibly good. Great yeah, team. amazing good. And and uh, wait, wait you watch uh, Jody try to play like uh, you know <laughs> Jody plays a, a, not a very good character either in a semi guy <laughs> you know he and he pulls it off perfectly and it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, well, well I just yeah, I, had, no. I had played I had played a bad guy in Noble Things, so I had a little experience playing a bad guy before, and I got the same type of feedback. It was like, wow, I really hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, good, Man, perfect. <laughs> now, James, did That's you a do good job. in front of the camera work this time, or was it all behind the camera? Say that again. Did you do any in front of the camera work, cameos, that sort of thing, or was it all behind the scenes? Cheryl and I make a two-second appearance. Well, you'll have so to what, what did you do in the film? What I mean, what you made a two-second appearance? Were you watching class, or what were you doing? I'm not even going to tell you. <laughs> you'll have to <laughs> okay. You're going to have to look carefully if you want to spot us. <laughs> you have to watch it. It, it, it. It's like Stan Lee in the Avengers movies and stuff, the Marvel movies. <laughs> right. right, exactly. Well, where it comes on. I'm going to let you all go because the, that was uh, Baumgarten actually trying to beep through a minute ago. Uh-oh. Tell Michael oh, we said hey. Give, give him our best. Sorry. Great talking right. with you. Bye, yeah. uh, James. Wait. See you, James. See you guys. Bye. Bye, James. Wow, Bill, you've been so quiet. Do you, do you have any questions for, for uh, Jody and for Carl? Well, I've just been definitely enjoying the discussion with uh, with everybody. Um, yeah, I don't have a specific question at this point. I, I was really, I really like what's going on with that movie. Uh, it's it's going to be uh, um, fantastic when it comes out, and uh, I'm still 
I'm still with you, Robert, angling to get that invite to the red carpet. <laughs> <laughs> well, me and Jody will sneak in. <laughs> there you go. That's right. But the dress yeah. thing you may have to do. <laughs> exactly. Whatever it takes. We'll, we'll get you in there somehow. We'll, we'll get you through a window <laughs> in the back or something. So. Have any of you besides, of course, you know, Jody's done a couple things big. What, what have you done, Carl? Uh, have you done any big stuff uh, acting-wise? Well, that had um, some fight parts in um, Batman and Mortal Kombat. Um, I'm on TV and um, on the show called Homicide Hunter. Actually, this one I play a detective. I'm clean-shaven. I always tell people, well, if, I, if I have a goatee, I'm the bad guy. If I'm clean-shaven, I'm the I'm the cop chasing the bad guy. So I'm on um, this think, show called Homicide Hunter. Yeah, a lot of people don't. Um, on my Facebook page, I put up a picture of me clean-shaven. It was like, oh, my God, you look so different. I mean, thank God I have the um, the uh, ability to go so stark different that way. So it's kind of funny that way. But um, I was in um, American Dreams. Uh, that movie it was had Hugh Grant in it. Um, it was kind of a American Idol type spinoff type thing. I was a Secret Service guy in there. I was in Beethoven's Third. I played a cop in there. But then um, I was on this show called Crisis Point on True TV. I was a riot cop in there. And then I was on this Fenton Towns. I was a bad guy. So kind of bouncing back and forth between those two, depending on if I'm shaved, clean shaven or not. So. Oh, very cool. Well, I was, I had thought about the way I asked you. It almost sounded insulting. <laughs> what have you done? Have Have you done anything? Oh my God. What do you do? <laughs> when, when it was coming out of my mouth, that's how it sounded to me. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. <laughs> Carl's actually done more well, than I have. <laughs> Well, you guys have both been out, been out. You both have had. Sounds like you've had outstanding careers. Yeah, we're working uh, on it. And of course, Joey, so. you own a couple worlds, Jim. You're, are you, now, I'm never seen a picture of you. Are you, are you a bodybuilder, Joey? No, I mean, I, I still, I mean, I still stay with it. I still work out, but I don't. Yeah. You're in good I'm shape. Not, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm in, I stay in good shape, and actually, you know, I had to get in shape for this movie very quickly <laughs> and uh, start, you know, getting my kicks back and all that stuff. And so I had to, you know, start training a couple hours a day um, just to, just to get ready for it. And uh, so it was, it was kind of <laughs> like, well, I, I better, I better look good. <laughs> <You Exactly. know? laughs> Hello. Your body's like, yeah, whoa. Nothing like something, nothing like a deadline to get you in shape real quick. Well, there's nothing like right, uh, right. Being, Knowing that your face is going to be spread over a twenty-five foot screen to to get ready to look good, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. you can see everything there. Yeah. yeah now, that, now, I know you guys work with a lot of extras. A lot of guys just in the gym, just pounding the bag a little bit, doing a little boxing, that sort of thing. Uh, and the only reason I know that is because I always saw the pictures on Facebook of of everybody inside the gym. Uh, how, how were the extras? Were the extras also uh, martial artists that, that James had chosen, or were they there, just there as uh, can as uh, I, how do I say it? I just uh, to, to make the scene bigger. Yeah, I, I think everybody were, was a martial artist that I that I worked with. 
Yeah, they trained at least, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure did. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I, I think most people they they work out or train in some form or fashion. Yeah, just just for the authenticity of this uh, scene in the movie that you got somebody. If somebody's punching a bag, they know how to punch a bag or kick a bag. They know how to kick a bag. So uh, yeah, I think everybody that was there was at least trained um, to some degree, and you know, and all pretty cool to work with too. So I mean, you know, well, we that, had such an amazing experience there. That's actually pretty oh. funny because back in the '80s when they did the Karate Kid, they had the opposite. <laughs> Yeah, had, I, I've worked on films had, like that. Right. <laughs> they had a couple of people who do karate, and everybody else was just off the street, and you know they trained them a little bit and passed it off as karate. But <laughs> yeah, we, we did that. I did a movie where we had people that couldn't, they had no training, so someone's throwing a punch, and the guy's falling this, the opposite direction. I'm like, wow, if you got hit, you would fall that way, really? It was weird. <laughs> and then we had another movie where all we had were fighters, actual fighters, but then also they couldn't. Um, distinguish between film fighting and fighting. So people are getting hit and they're getting kicked. It's like, no, you don't have to hit me. You come near me and I sell it. And so it's a whole other world, as I'm sure Jody's experienced himself on stuff, doing action and fight scenes where it's like, no, 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 no. We're acting like we're fighting, just like you act like you're doing brain surgery. You're not really doing brain surgery on the guy. You're <laughs> acting like it. I go, same thing here, same thing here. You don't have to hit me in the ribs or hit me in the face, whatever. So it's, it's a fine line, but it. It's an interesting thing yeah. to experience. That. Well, it's a it's a fine line, but when you're working with professional actors, I mean, they're expecting you to really pull. You know, there there should be no contact. Uh, that's their whole exactly. career you're dealing with. True. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, very it's, very fine line there. It's the it's the reaction that always sells the hit. It's not the hit. Yeah. You know, yep. the, it can it can look like a light hit, but if the guy reacts big, it that looks was, like it was a devastating blow. Exactly. And that's that's. The illusion. Uh, well, yeah, that's what people, that's that's most people don't quite grasp. Well, on this movie, did anybody get, did anybody get hurt? Because we've all all seen the scenes where Jack and Chan really got hit in the outtakes at the end, or uh, the rumble of the Bronx where he got that pinball machine shoved into the front of his head. Did anybody get hurt or yeah. actually hit on the film? Yeah. Everybody got hurt, man. There were broken bones and lacerations all over the place. It was crazy. We had a doctor on set. It was nuts. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, well, I I what the heck is going on over there? Just fight. Yeah, just fight. We'll, 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 we'll um, shoot it. Just fight. Do whatever you guys want to do. Um, I don't recall anybody really getting hurt, Jody. Do you? I don't think anybody... No, hurt. I did get um, kicked by Cynthia pretty good in the ribs. <laughs> no, did you? Okay, well then Jody got hurt, I guess. <laughs> uh, that was just, I was the one casualty, but yeah, I was like, yeah, go ahead and kick me, go ahead and kick me. I was like, oh, wait, no, don't do that, don't. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, wait, 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 uh, no. I changed my mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man, it wasn't a good idea. Yeah. Well, it was It was funny, I was doing an event a couple of years ago, and I, I somehow, I guess it was maybe my, my natural charm, I convinced Gracie Ellen Casillas herself to drive all the way up to 29 Palms to teach an hour class for free. Oh, wow. Wow. And she was using it my is, son as a rookie, right? And my, she yeah. kept hitting him. And she's like, put your hands up, put your hands up. And I said, Brandon, do you know back in the day, if she would have hit me, I would have had her autograph that spot. <laughs> I'm kidding, exactly. <laughs> and, and never watch it. People were convinced I was paying her to slap me around. How funny. 
Um, I mean, they're the coolest, most humble people you ever meet. I mean, it's so nice to see that. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. And, and, just, and to hear Don talk about the stories, the stories yeah. he was involved with. Like, my favorite one that he told was about that. He was doing an exhibition fight in, like, Germany or Russia or somewhere, and the guy wanted to actually knock him out because he wanted to, to claim the fame, I knocked out Don Wilson. Yeah. And it was an exhibition. It was not even supposed to be anybody getting hurt. And Don yeah. ended up counting and knocking him out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think you remember the story, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's always someone like that. Like I said, I go, you get the martial artist and you get people, and then you get that, and you're like, you know, that reflects so bad. And I said, that's why I think the martial arts kid's going to do so well because it um, gives us such a good um, look and impression of the martial arts nowadays. Again, it's not like, yeah, I'm going to go knock this person out, beat this person up, and what have you. I mean, again, it's more the, the good qualities of the martial arts and the good aspect of it, the respect, the honor, the courtesy, the the humility and whatnot. So, and again, Don embodies that like crazy. So I think it's going to be fantastic and, and go over very well. So, Oh, absolutely. You know, and I've interviewed, I, I interviewed, uh, of course, uh, Matthew and TJ and a couple others from the movie. And, it's like TJ is absolutely one of the nicest guys I've ever met. He is. He's just T, he, he, TJ he, and I worked so together well. on a film like, in the early nineties. Yeah, he, he's the coolest guy. I, I was working on when I came back from Europe out of the military. I got involved uh, with some a couple of friends. They were doing some movies as well, and we met TJ then. And I was like, man, what an amazing look this dude has, and what a phenomenal martial artist he is, and what a super super cool guy he is. I mean, again, it's like somebody you grew up with, you know, since you were six years old. He's the coolest, most humble, funny guy around, and amazing. I mean, it's just so refreshing to see that, and and, and even more so to be able to work with them. So, truly blessed. Right, right, absolutely. And I met his girlfriend at the Masters Hall of Fame. What a sweetheart. Yeah. I mean, she is one of the oh. nicest people. Uh, but I met, you know, Cheryl Wheeler. I met... Uh, She's nice. Cheryl's great. Cheryl's yeah. great. And I've, all these nice people getting together for this well, for this well, I guess, well-timed project because there are so many I anti-bullying. So, yeah. I, was, I was at the Burbank AMC last night and there was an anti-bullying uh, commercial. Oh, good. It should be. I mean, it's such a problem. It is such a huge problem. I mean, we all experienced it growing up, and we all got in fights and pushed around and stuff. And I said, it's good that people adjust because it, it ruins people. I mean, it, it really ruins people to to be subjected to that and go through that. And kids, you don't realize what a heavy hit that is for children growing up and how it affects you know their life. I, I would say that from when we were kids, you know, we would make fun of each other and, you know, taunt and fight and do whatever, but with with social media now, it is so much more it's, emotional, and uh, you know, it really has an effect on yeah. kids more than just the, the, more than just teasing and sticks and stones. You know. These, yeah, exactly. These yeah, I, I agree. It's way worse. There, there's there's too many um, avenues and ways to get to it today. Like I said, we grew up. I, I grew up in the in, in the Detroit area. I was like the only white kid on my school bus half the time, so we're fighting all the time. And again, it's not like it is nowadays. I mean, they got social media, and it's such a wide reach and blanket-type coverage of things this way. I mean, kids get, and they're devastated by it, and you get so much more than just some, like, when we grew up, there was, like, maybe one kid that was a bully. But nowadays, I mean, you can have one kid on social media is a bully, and you've got, they've got a bunch of people and friends, you've got hundreds of thousands of people attacking you. I mean, and it's, like, exponentially, um, 
avalanched on you. And I go, these kids, they can't handle it well, and it's devastating. And it's a terrible thing. I mean, it turns my stomach. So I'm I'm glad that there's so much of it, awareness of it today in this movie again as well, pointing it out and going, look, um, it's not cool to pick on people. And you're not tough and bad and, and hard when you pick on people. So it's it's a great message, and I and I'm I know it's going to do well, and it's very timely and it needs to get out there and seen, along with all the other anti-bullying campaigns and commercials and pushes that way. So yeah, thank God, and get so many good people coming in, coming together for it also. Right, right. You know, and, and it's a good message. You know, when we were growing up, it wasn't considered bullying. It was just oh, it's your problem. Now the adults are getting involved. They're trying to stop yeah. it. I mean. Even somebody in the community, which I will not mention any names, all of you know who he is, though. He tried to ruin my reputation by spreading a bunch of bull about me. Yeah. And, but he, he didn't know. He was calling my friends. My friends were calling me. Yeah. You don't think that thing about you? <laughs> and, yeah, I know. It's like, wow, really? One of my buddies, uh, Soki Greg Rosewich, called him up and told him to back off. He was going to get thumped. Yeah. Wow. So my my point was not to hammer on this guy, but it doesn't just happen in the kids' world. It happens in the adult no. world as well. Oh, it does happen. Yeah, there, there's people that way, and 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 we all know bullies. They're 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 insecure. They're low self esteem. They're cowards. We know that. I mean, psychology tells us that, but it's still a pain and frustrating to deal with them. I mean, we we understand why why someone picks on somebody because this person feels less than and what have you. But it's still frustrating as hell to have to deal with these people doing that. And again, it, it, you got adults doing that. I'm like, wow, really? I'm like, what are we, 12? And people are behaving well, right. a certain way. It's just ridiculous. You know, along on the same lines, not only, not only you know, the question about maturity, but when, when someone, you know, is our age and still has that type of insecurity, you know, they're, they're impacting so many people, adults, children, negatively. Yeah, and, everyone and, around and on the up, on the other side of that, if a person was bullied all their life and they've never developed that self-esteem, they've never trained in martial arts, and then they yeah. deal with this in life, you know, you can see how people go into deep depression uh, yeah. know, and get suicidal thoughts. It's, it just gets worse and worse if they can't deal with it at a young age. No, yeah, it, it's a very cumulative, devastating um, snowball effect. I mean, and it's terrible. That's what I said, I go, it turns my stomach when somebody picks up somebody. I'm like, don't do that to somebody. I go, that destroys them it ruins them and and again it's so prevalent again then they grow into adults doing it and it, it, it's like a vicious cycle that repeats itself and it said yeah i look at this i'm going i go these martial arts i go in our community i'm going wow you guys are doing this and you're going to kick his ass and you're going to punch him in the teeth or whatever i'm like really i go lord i go what are you 12 and is that how you act and behave towards one another i'm like it's it's embarrassing. <laughs> well, and, and here's here's one more thing to look at uh, with this whole thing with the NFL uh, and you know domestic yeah. violence and a child abuse. There's a connection to the whole thing, and you know maybe this this movie will also be able to to help out on some of those fronts. Yeah, hopefully, exactly. yeah, get a break the, the cycle and change somewhere. Exactly, and, you know we've only got a couple minutes, so we're gonna close it up, but. But I, my wish is the martial arts kid is to get enough exposure and to touch enough people that maybe, as you said, Carl, we do break the chain. That's what my yeah. wish is. Yeah, you know, mine as well. Not, not on a small scale, huge scale. Open up worldwide type scale. Because, yeah. you know, you grew up in Detroit, 
that was that's not a nice neighborhood to grow up in. No, <laughs> no. When, you know, I mean, I grew up in Burbank. This was an Anglo yeah. area. We didn't have the the bullying uh, and the racial things that's going on today. We didn't have that. You know, yeah. like you went through. My my father grew up in Detroit, but he grew up in Detroit in the twenties uh, and thirties. Yeah, it wasn't quite as bad, I think, <laughs> back then. Yeah, kind of took no, a not turn. quite as bad because it was probably run by the mob back then. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know? and, and they keep things on their straight and narrow pretty good. Yeah, they That's do. That's one good thing about them. <laughs> That's one good thing about them. <laughs> I'll give them that. Exactly. Well, Jody, Carl, I want to thank you. We had a great discussion here today. I want to thank you guys for being on the show. Dale, you were an lot, amazing guys. guest. Always. I really do appreciate oh, it. Thank you. Uh, and if there's anything you we so can much. ever do for you guys in the future, please let us know. I enjoy doing this for James and Don, and I'll help out any way I can. Yeah, okay. gentlemen, well, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate I just, it. Yeah, I got to thank. I got to thank you both. Uh, I have to let you know that I also uh, send you a friend request, a friend request on Facebook, so we can uh, keep in contact that way. Thanks a lot, guys. Oh, perfect. Great. Great. Do that. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. With that. Listeners, stay tuned next week. Look for us on Facebook, and we'll let you know who we're going to have on next week. Again, thank you guys. I hope you guys listen to the show every now and then, and I will talk to you guys soon. You guys have a great week. Thank you. You do the same. Jody, nice talking to you, man. Yeah, you too. Thanks, guys. All right, Daryl, Robert, good talking to you. Great. You too, sir. All right. Ciao.